Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. I've got really good news for you. You don't have to wait to be rich, make six figures, or have a fancy house to create a money roadmap for your life. Our guest, Anna Sargunia, certified financial planner and host of the Money Boss podcast, is here in this special summer reboot episode to give you the tips to create a money roadmap to live a truly fulfilled life starting now. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Gaines. It will expand your brain.
One big common misconception is that you have to have a ton of money to start doing cool things with your money, like growing it or giving it a direction. And that just simply isn't true. And I really, I'm not even sure how that started, but I think it needs to go away because it is causing so many people to not want to take action, to not do any steps that are going to help you grow in the direction of the goals you want to achieve because there's just looking at their bank account saying there's nothing in it. If I can share something about myself, some of the best money moves that I have made is when I didn't have a lot of money, but I knew I needed to be really intentional with the money I did have. And when I did, good things really started to happen because I had this plan in place. So Anna is also working to blow up that myth. As I mentioned, she is a kick-ass certified financial planner, the president and CEO of Main Street Financial Planning, Inc., the nation's largest fee-only hourly project-based financial planning business. And even though she became a CFP, she still admits that she made all the possible financial mistakes as a young adult. And her career goal really is to help you understand that you do not need to be rich to start working on your own finances. So I hope you love, love, love this episode. Just a quick note. There were some audio technical difficulties on her side of things. So bear with us. Listen to the interview. I promise you're going to get a ton out of this. You are passionate about a lot of the same things that I'm very passionate about. But one of the things is teaching people that they don't have to be rich to create what you call a money roadmap. Before we dive into what that is, I'd like to start out with what do you think are some of the biggest myths that people believe when it comes to money that really hold them back? Totally. And I am actually excited that we align in the same passions here. But as far as um, what's holding people up and I've uh, I've been in financial services for the last 15 years and kind of seen um, a lot um, and I think the biggest one for sure is that most people still believe that they need to be rich um, to start working on creating some kind of a, a plan yes. some kind of a strategy for themselves and they kind of wait and wait and wait and wait and like okay well one day I'm gonna have enough money and the definition of rich is um, varies for everyone, but it's like this point where, okay, now I can finally start uh, talking to a professional. But I also think um, the idea here is that the way that our industry is set up and, and, and structured and targeted towards uh, people to have a certain amount of money to be able to work with a qualified financial planner or there's products that are being sold. So there's, you know, confusing messages there as well. Um, so it's easy to kind of have that idea um, that, you know, quality financial advice isn't for me. Um, but it's really the opposite because in order for you to get to that rich point, right, or financial independence or however you define it, success, right, financial success for you, you've got to start, um, you know, getting help because um, it's complex. Um, you're going to get stuck along the way. And so you're going to get there faster if you had some kind of a assistance and help. Um, so yeah. I think I think looking into that, what is really holding you back and why do you think that you've got to have, uh, you know, the money in order to work with uh, a professional advisor? And you make such a good point because I think everyone, if we asked 
10 people or even 100 people, if we lined them up and we asked them what their definition of rich, they would all probably tell us a different number or a different variation of that. And I think that message is really important to share with people because as you know, money is such this, this isolated experience. And because we don't talk about it, we don't realize that maybe we're all more alike than we are, are different. But I mean, I think the idea around being rich, particularly with all of the different financial technology apps and tools that are out there, that's definitely changing. Are you, are you seeing that as well? I am. And it's, it's actually been an interesting ride in my career to see how even short 15 years ago when I started, we had none of this technology, right? It was really, um, really still basic. We had the internet access and, 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 you know, and clients came to see us in our office. Yeah. <laughs> none of this was like podcasting wasn't that popular or was, I think it was just by maybe starting to gain ground. Um, so the way that we even interacted with our clients has changed so much, plus all of these uh, technology tools you're talking about, right. all of this is just enhanced and allowed. This is the, 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 re, you know, the point that everybody needs to realize. It allows everyone to actually have access and be able to start working on creating their own financial success, right? Whether it's maybe getting out of the debt or figuring out how much money to save or just really um, looking at this money picture from, uh, you know, from all kinds of angles, which is to me exciting because it's just, it just opens up so much opportunity. Look at how um, we make money these days, all of these right, side yeah. hustles out there. I mean, it didn't exist even 15 years ago, like Uber wasn't there, right? Or you couldn't deliver <laughs> groceries just to make a few bucks on the side. It's amazing. And I, I'm actually very excited that I've got to see along the way how it, you know, what changed for my clients, what changed for all of us, right? Because you and I are just like everybody else. We're in the same boat. We're figuring out all of these, all of these things, even though we're certified financial planners. So it's, um, it's an interesting ride for sure. Yeah, yeah. I always say that just because I'm a CFP and I have expertise does not make me immune from <laughs> having, you know, done some of the biggest money mishaps. And I like to share that too, because that message isn't out there that we, we've all done crazy, silly things that maybe we would regret or change, but you know, we can all, we can all learn together. So I want to go back a little bit to this idea of the money roadmap. Tell me a little bit, what is this and, and how can we create one of these for ourselves? Yes, totally. Um, so just coming from all of the, you know, all the years that I've created financial plans for clients and really thinking uh, just a little more outside the box, I kind of came up with this idea of what if it wasn't a financial plan? Because for most people, again, still mm. that notion that you can't get one because you don't have a lot of money. Um, no one will work with you. What if it wasn't a financial plan that I was really thinking? What if it was just a, a, a map, a roadmap to help you make decisions? And you know what? Like the picture in my mind when I'm thinking about that is, again, thinking back in the day when we just started to be able to use internet for like getting directions. Remember Map uh, MapQuest? You <laughs> yes. You printed a couple of pages because you wanted to go, uh, you know, somewhere. So I envision the same thing for, for laying out a strategy, right? Or like an outline or a set of instructions. Like if I wanted to achieve this financial goal, how would I do it? And, and so the idea of the roadmap is, is to actually help you precisely 
figure that out. Um, and so I kind of expanded on what we've been doing uh, for our clients. Um, and um, as far as how you can actually get it, we're uh, starting to run a, a, an interesting challenge. The first one is launching next month, September 2nd. Um, and it's actually precisely set to help you create your own money roadmap. So you, even if you thought you can't work with a professional, this is something that you can start doing on your own. And the neat part about it is that it doesn't matter whether you're just starting out or you made some progress in your you know, finances or you've, you know, really accomplished something, something big, you can always take one more step, right? You can always like level up. You can always improve. And over, it's a 28 day, uh, time frame, four weeks. And we, we dive in, you know, really deep yeah. with various topics. Um, the first one of them being mindset. And I, I love this, this, the behavioral part of our jobs, right? As financial yes. planners. So we gotta, gotta really work on that because a lot of notions are still there and people aren't quite, you know, on the right path. We, we, we talk about how you, you know, get organized. How do you, really have a grip on your spending and if you're earning extra incomes uh, from various sources. If you have debt, this is a big one. This is, I think, the biggest roadblock or, or myth up there that just because I have debt, there's nothing else I can do and I really got to focus on that. Yes, true, but there you can be working on a lot of things at the same time. I am big on setting financial goals, like real financial goals, not just, oh, I wish I would have something, right? Or I wish I could retire it age 55. No, it's really precise. It's really targeted with specific numbers, specific dates. Um, and just the, the, these are just a few things that we will yeah. work over this, you know, 28 day period, um, as you take in this challenge, but, um, it's definitely going to be challenging because it's supposed to be that way. And so once you come out at, at, at the other end, you're going to have things that you never thought you could work on because, you know, just because it's, it's, it takes time. But if you put in this time frame and you have financial experts working side by side with you and a really awesome community, a lot of things can change. For sure. For sure. And I'd love to back up just a little bit. You talked about the mindset and that's something I talk about a lot on this show because I feel like it's skipped over so much. We want to go straight to like, what are the 10 steps I need to do this or that or whatever it may be without really, really understanding how we think, act and feel about money and then how that then translates into the decisions we're making. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit, even just from your own expertise or working with clients, like how have you found that that mind piece to be so important or, you know, have you seen when people change that then like other things change in their finances? Most definitely. I I really believe that that's the first um, to address with anyone, whether you're even just looking at what, you know, what kind of questions we've answered for clients or we, if we worked with them over a number of years, that was always the big piece. And I think it comes down to what are your habits, right? And what are your beliefs about money? Because that's, it's almost like this iOS running in your, in the, you know, the back <laughs> of your mind, right? And I always make fun of it. I mean, we try to simplify it, but it's like, okay, well, can you give, can you start working on getting an upgrade, right? For your own money scripts that you're running in your head. And I, to give like a few examples, for example, growing up, and this is something that happened in my family, um, but 
I didn't have very much background or understanding of, of how to manage personal finances and, and, you know, what, you know, what it really meant to me and what I saw growing up in my family. And, and it, 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 we, my family immigrated in early nineties to United States. And the idea always was, okay, how can we make enough money to make sure we can survive? That was the right. goal. And that's all I learned from my, from my parents. And so imagine what that kind of, you know, instilled in my mind, obviously, right, good work ethics and everything, but that's it, right? I didn't know anything else. Um, and once I got exposed to the world of what happens, you know, once you get your own money, then all those mistakes, right, and troubles came along because I wasn't equipped with the right tools or, you know, I didn't have the right habits. And I believe those things are changeable. You can always work a little bit at a time on, you know, changing those ideas in your head. And so if you've always believed that the only way to success is to work hard, I'm using my own example, then (laughs) that's, you know, you can work hard, but is it really going to get you far? Right. And so I think looking at looking deep inside um, and seeing what is it that you, why are you doing certain things a certain way? Or why, for example, some people don't like to have debt, right? Or they view that as a, as a bad and evil kind of thing versus others. I mean, look at, look at it from the opportunity standpoint. Can I make more money? Can I leverage, yeah. right? Can I use other people's resources, um, to help me get there? Um, so that's, that's the angle that we like to explore with clients and and see what is it that's holding them back. Because if we don't want to address that at the beginning, there isn't any kind of really advice that's going to make a difference. Because if you're like if you're stuck, like at one point, you aren't going to jump over. And the only way is to work through it. Yeah, that's that's human nature, right? For all of us, like we get to those stuck points, and we don't always want to do the kind of necessary work that we need to do to really un- not just unstick us in this particular instance, but to really change that habit or that pattern. And I think just as humans, we don't like to do that. And so I think, you know, like really being able to nurture people around that is so important. Yes, exactly. And I think it's, it goes, um, you know, cause when we create financial plans or call them roadmaps or financial strategy, any, any names you want to have for this really to help you achieve the financial success, it goes around not just your own habits, but those around you as well. Right. And, and the kinds yeah. of messages you send, sending and, and, and issues, for example, couples have with finances because um, you really got to understand where somebody is coming from. And a lot of times it's so, um, it, you can't even control it. It's so, it's sort of, sort of, so automatic that it, it's, 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 it's just astonishing to me to see that. But if you become aware and you really start focusing on those things, and there's a lot of different tools that you can use to, you know, to, to, to get comfortable, right. Or to start yeah, making sure. decisions that are, not working against you. Um, it's almost, it's, it's a very freeing kind of, um, point once you get there and you start looking back and say, Oh my gosh, I've uh, really made progress. And I think on another angle here, a lot of times people can't make progress, right? Because of those beliefs or those habits. And they just sort of stuck in that little, you know, red race per se, trying to get out. Right. (laughs) I've definitely been in one or two of those myself over my lifetime. those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. 
Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle, full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know. 
What are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. We'll jump back into the episode after an Ask Shauna that comes from Pam. And Pam says, hi, Shauna. Thanks for taking time to answer my question. I'm in my early 30s and I'm thinking about making the switch from full-time to self-employed. I've tested my market and I'm pretty sure I've got a good idea and that I can get clients. Would love to tell you my idea, but I'm keeping it a secret for a bit longer. Anyway, I'm curious, how much money would you suggest I have saved as a backup to ease my transition? Is there a specific number or any guidance you can give? By the way, I totally appreciate your podcast and love all your entrepreneurial stories. I feel like you don't just preach, you have also walked the walk. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Well, first off, Pam, uh, thanks for the compliment. (laughs) Just trying to be honest and share what I know about being an entrepreneur since it has been my entire career except a really brief stint. And it's a really brief, probably three or four year stint that I worked for a company. And I tell people now that I am allergic to fluorescent lights, which of course I'm not allergic to fluorescent lights, but I just don't like the idea of sitting in an office and being in one place. I My brain is all over the place and I like having lots of projects so that's what works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. So I think it's really important first for you to figure out, A, if you're the type of person that can handle the entrepreneur life, because it's not easy. There are a lot of pluses. Sure, I get to travel whenever I want, and I can go to doctor's appointments, and I can take a nap if I need to. And there are lots of reasons why 
it's great. I mean, for me, I love the unlimited income potential that I can literally make as much money as I try to make. (laughs) It doesn't always work out that way. But there are downsides, of course, too. I'm responsible for my own retirement and got to pay taxes, got to keep track of all my business expenses, constantly fighting for opportunities. There are a lot of things that I fail at or a lot of things where I'm up for a big project and the company says no. I mean, there's just There's a lot that you have to be able to stomach, and it's not for everyone. But if it is for you, uh, I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity to really change things up for yourself. So I'm a big fan of saying, look, if there is some way that you can save up nine to 12 months of your must pay expenses before you quit your job, that's going to put you in a really good scenario because Understand that the first year in business will likely be a loss. Not always, but most of the time you're adjusting, you're adjusting to the new expenses. Maybe you go a little crazy with spending extra money or taking time off, things like that. But usually the first year, maybe even the first couple of years can be a little bit rocky. So having nine to 12 months worth of expenses saved It just gives you a place to not relax, but to feel a little bit like you can handle the ups and downs that come with the first year because you have enough money to cover those expenses. Of course, the the closer you get to the end of that time period is really when you need to figure out, is this working or is this not working? Another thing, I always put my work savings in a high-yield savings account, something like a Marcus or an Ally account, make sure that you're earning interest on that money. Even if it feels like a small amount of money, it's more money than you had if you just put it in your bank account or you put it in your bank savings account that is not paying you any interest. Another idea is to use a program like FreshBooks. That's what I use. Or QuickBooks is also great to manage your expenses. So you're really going to want to stay up on not only your personal expenses, but your business expenses. And I found that business expenses, particularly in the first couple of years, that's where things can get a little wonky. So you really want to make sure you stay on top of that. You're looking at those each week so you can manage, okay, I think I'm going to get this much money this month against this is the amount of expenses I'm going to have. Lastly, I would just say, be nimble. Be able to switch up your idea if it isn't resonating with your customers. And so many people get stuck in like, this is my idea. This is what I want to do with my business. I I am not changing. But a lot of times the customers are saying, "Mm, we don't want that variation. We want this variation. And so you really need to be nimble and flexible and be able to change things up. That's certainly something that's been very advantageous to me in my career is I've had to shift a lot uh, different times or for different projects. And so just being able to do that, I think is going to be a really big asset for you. I, I want to mention one more thing as well. I watched a great course on Creative Live. I don't know if you guys are fans of Creative Live, but they have some really awesome online classes. And I watched one called Build a Standout Business. It was incredible. It was really amazing, helped refine ideal clients, refine your messaging, refining your branding, create a business plan, all that good stuff. It was only 79 bucks. And seriously, I think this course was at least worth a thousand bucks. That's what I would have paid. 
So if you're looking for something to really brush up, make sure your business plan is super solid, I would highly suggest it. I'll put a link in the show notes as well so you can click on over. I get absolutely nothing for recommending this course except I just recently went through it and I was so blown away with how amazing it is. So long story short, Pam, I think just focusing on saving as much money as you can because you don't know, even though you think you have a good idea and you think you have customers, until you actually have those customers and they're actually paying you money, everything is just in theory. You know that business idea that you've had that is lurking in your head? I think it's time you breathe some life into it and make it a reality. Take it from me, someone who's been creating business ideas for over 20 years now. For me, it all starts with a name. What are you going to call your new business idea or company? Once you've got a stellar name in mind, head quickly over to bluehost.com to register your URL and set up your website hosting before someone else snags your amazing name. I have over 25 URLs registered on Bluehost just in case I want to use them in the future. And what I love about Bluehost is how affordable it is to register your domain and get your website up and running fast. With my special URL, bit.ly slash bluehostmoney, you can register your domain name and set up hosting for your website all for only $3.95 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee to start building your business empire. Again, head on over to bit.ly slash bluehostmoney to get this special offer. I'm super curious, though, coming from a different country and seeing, you know, America, I guess, from a from a different view than those of us that that were born here. Have you seen or or I I guess this is this is kind of an opinion thing. But, uh, you know, what were those sort of first impressions you had about, you know, Americans and, and how we deal with money? I'd be curious if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, interesting question. Well, I was I was a teenager, I was fifteen, so I wasn't really you know sure, yeah. a young kid, but um, not quite an adult yet. The first impression I had, and again, I was thinking about this, you know, looking back at all what happened in my life, still that notion that you know when I saw how how hard my parents worked um, to provide for my brother and I, and when I looked around, I I was just amazed to see how many opportunities. Um, you know, there are here in this country to earn money. And one of the things wow. that I really wanted to, I was when I, once I turned 16 and I could drive, I, I wanted to get a job and I did. And even though I could get, you know, five, five twenty-five an hour, that was amazing <laughs> amount of, like, it was huge amount of money for me because I just, I, it was just exciting. And so where I came from that, that didn't exist. Um, and I, I think that really shaped the ideas in my head, right? Uh, growing up as a teen- teenager here until I um, really you know, graduated from college and had a real job, um, that anything was possible. And uh, yeah, that that's still, I remember those days, right? Um, I, and it's just, I think it really changed um, of how I looked at, at finances. Of course, I had no skills, I didn't know what to do with that money, but I just knew I wanted to have it because I could buy things that I didn't have, right? Or my parents wouldn't get for me. I love that perspective because I think we lose it often, the opportunities that we have. And sometimes even when we find ourselves stuck or we're feeling limited by the salary we're making, it's it's 
reconnecting to that idea that there are lots of different opportunities. It may mean stepping out in a different way, but we're not we're not necessarily stuck where we're at. So I love that perspective. Oh, totally. And I, I think that also sort of laid the foundation for me that one day, and I had no idea that um, you know, by age 30, I could actually own my own business, right? Because that maybe those uh, practices or those, you know, experiences that I had as a teenager, right? And kind of the um, sort of ingrained in my mind that, okay, I don't have to be stuck. I don't have to do it a certain way. I want to do it my way and I want to do it differently. Um, so that allowed me to, you know, not only excel as a financial planner uh, working with clients, but also as, you know, as a business owner and just in my career as well. Yeah. So what, what then led you to a career in personal finance? Yeah. It was, it was really actually not a straight shot. I, I still, <laughs> I think you probably know, but uh, in our, like our profession isn't still quite recognized as something that like kids will say, Oh my gosh, I want to yes. grow up. I want to be a financial planner. <laughs> I had no idea, like a really zero clue of what that was. But I, the one thing I really always wanted was, um, to work with people. And then, so my path on, uh, and, you know, to do that was really pretty straightforward. You become a doctor, uh, and that's kind of what I had in mind. And halfway in, in college, I actually switched majors uh, from taking all the biology and chemistry classes to business because uh, the, the building next door uh, where, you know, all my classes were in sophomore year uh, was, you know, business school. And I was just fascinated by it. Just, it was just something that I didn't even have exposure. And I, I thought, love that. Hmm, I could be a businesswoman, right? So those yeah. ideas were, it were kind of uh, swirling in my head and I did switch and I had a, a you know, I had to pick a, a concentration track. So it was finance, it was corporate finance. And once I graduated with that degree, it was a really big uh, decision point where I'm like, well, what do I do with this degree? Like, what's the <laughs> path for me? Like, there's a the set career, right? Like, with becoming a doctor, you know exactly what you're going to do. The kind of job is going to be there for you with, with what I had was just a sort of a world of, with opportunities. And I had a chance to, or I had to have an internship in order to graduate. And that's kind of how I got exposed to the world of financial services, but that was really more on the investment side. I worked for a brokerage house. And so that was like real hardcore selling stocks, selling bonds, which was a great experience, but I learned pretty quickly that wasn't for me. Like I didn't enjoy <laughs> yes. that piece. And doing a little bit of research, I found, um, I found or learned more that this, there was, you know, that there was this whole other world over here from, you know, extension from, you know, investments into the personal finance. And that's kind of how I started and in, in getting, you know, involved with taking classes. And, um, and so it sort of picked up from there. Pretty much all my career has been in, in financial services, but more or less, um, it, it's been focused really heavily on financial planning. Right. Yeah. And I know even as a woman in financial planning, uh, there's not a lot of us, we'll say. <laughs> there's no, not a lot very, of us that, are, that are under, let's just say, the age of 50. Uh, and it's a really interesting career path dynamic. Uh, I mean, there's lots of different ways you could go with a financial planning expertise, let alone just having the knowledge yourself. But, you know, what do you see on the horizon for women in this career? What if somebody's listening and they're thinking about a career in this? What would you tell them? 
I think I, if I could, I would just stand on the top of my roof here in my building. It's only, <laughs> it's only two stories tall, but I would still do it. I would, I really am passionate about having more women understand that, uh, you know, a career in financial services, you don't have to be a certified financial planner, but it's an awesome, awesome experience. And really, um, I think it's an honor to be one, right? It takes a while, but it, it creates this, um, this idea that, you know, women can and should be advisors, right? Or financial planners. And they're actually innately good at it. It's just our yeah. kind of nature, um, that, you know, that God has given us, right? To take care of, of other people. And because money is such a, such a sensitive topic, we, I think women do uh, much better. No offense to guys, but, women do a much better job on that front. And if those of you who are listening out there, you need to explore, you know, what, what opportunities are there. And interesting enough, these days there's actually, you can get the sort of the CFP designation while you're in college. It didn't exist when I was um, getting started. So it's even better. You can graduate with a degree, I think in financial planning, Yes. And have the, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's uh, I know that you can take all the courses and then take the actual exam later, but it provides, first of all, it provides, you know, you an opportunity as, you know, as a woman to use the skills that are really innate to you. I, it also is a great career track. There's lots of flexibility and I can speak to that, not just being, um, you know, my own boat boss these days, but I also have a seven and a half months old son. And so I was, you know, that just wanting to have a family and career and a business, all of it is possible. And, and it's the other, the other neat part of this too, is that the people and the clients that you get to work with that you can't replace the, the, sure. the lives that you change, the relationships you create. Um, I'm sure you could do that in other professions, but I, I don't know any different. So I'm full biased towards, <laughs> towards the side of, uh, of, you know, how you actually can help people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So much good information there. And I think it's kind of like this secret almost because when you have a, if you're a certified financial planner, you have some sort of financial planning expertise. There's so many different ways you can use that. I mean, we just think of maybe one or two ways, but that knowledge and those skills can go in so many different businesses, let alone if you just start your own business, but you have that background and expertise, it can really be quite transformative for your entire career. Oh, totally. I think it you like the one understanding that I think listeners should have just because you're certified financial planner, you don't necessarily have to be working in that role for, I mean, for, for, for what, you know, for the most important piece, make sure your own household finances are in order, if anything, right? Because that's yeah. the kind of the starting ground. And then just, there's lots of different ways of how you can utilize those skills. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I have really had a traditional career path just because well, that's the model I saw. Um, and it's been great. It's been great for sure. But I've, I've been really striving out there to find other ways to not necessarily just, okay, I'm just an advisor and that's all I do. There's <laughs> other ways how I can share what I like to talk about, which is all of these topics, right? We're discussing today in different format, press plus the, the technology these days. All of this is really, really, really enhancing that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely love it. Well, I want to talk to you about about something else. I know you host a show on Facebook called The Money Date Show. I've talked a lot about money dates on this podcast. Probably people are tired of hearing me talk about it, but it's, I think, so important to just 
check in on what's going on with your money because that's how you spot trends and patterns. You can make changes, all sorts of amazing things. But I'd love for you to just dissect a little bit. Why should we have these money days? And I guess, how do we even do these? Yes, good question. And I, like you, have been preaching this idea of um, you know, dating your money, right? Because everybody gets excited when they kind of hear, you know, a word date and it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be fun and sure. So I, I, I thought to myself, well, um, I had to have conversations with my spouse, right? With my significant other. And if the dates were, were things that we're really excited about, I wanted to insert the word money and just to kind of slip that in and maybe have a conversation. But in our family, it really, it really is simple. And over time, um, we, we wanted to have consistency to our our discussions and we still continue doing this actually just yesterday uh, was one you know our money weekly money date we do it on a weekly basis but we really um chat about a couple of things that keep us focused um, on what's important um, and wh- what's important to us but i but i also believe these things should be on the radar for everyone and that's really what i cover or, you know, remind my listeners are on our money date shows every Wednesday um, to focus on. So here are the things that you yeah. and I discussed yesterday. The first one to make sure that we stay, um, you know, on the top of our expenses. We're not, you know, we're not budget people. Like that's another interesting part about, you know, my, uh, you know, one practice, even though I'm a certified financial planner, I don't really budget, but I do have a really good grip on what our expenses are. We use mint.com and they're, a ton of other apps. I'm not advocating for one or the other. This is what worked for me over the years, but because it just gives us a real time picture, right? Where the money has been spent, how it's all sort of, you know, from the debit card, from the credit card. So I really have a good idea of what our expenses are for the week. And I really practiced this over the years, but, and found that weekly chats are much better than waiting until the end of the month. So much better because you can, you can, you can catch things, you know, some, somewhere along the way, um, you can plan better and it does, it's not, it does not take enormous amount of time at all. It's really just a conversation because I can whip out my phone and have an idea right away, right? Open up my app and I look at things because my husband and I are both business owners and uh, we are on the variable income. We really have to kind of you know, be on on the lookout for what's what's going on, right? And uh, weekly conversation about that too. So, what is our right. income looking like? Are we going to really make it this month, right? Can we pay <laughs> ourselves a salary, right? If we can't, then what do we do, right? And I have a structure for that too. For example. Uh, many of your listeners probably have heard this from you, but I'm a new blood, so I'm allowed, I think, to talk about emergency fund, right? Like how healthy is your emergency fund um, in, in order for you to, you know, withhold whether it's variable income you're on or it's some kind of a uh, thing that comes up in your life. Maybe you had a, uh, you know, a car re- accident or the roof leaked and you need to come up with, with extra money. So I'm big on that, right? If we have to tap into our uh, emergency reserves. And then the third piece is really remind ourselves what are you know are we staying on track with our financial goals and what i mean by by that it's not only because our savings are set up on automatic basis right everything goes into certain account it's all um, configured even though we if we may not have a great month as far as our income goes right or for example it's not even not having a great month sometimes for my husband because he's on commissions and works in real estate it takes a while to get paid um, we still need to adjust and make sure that our 
savings are uh, staying consistent, right? So, but that's that's more uh, automatic than anything. We don't really have to discuss that too much. But what we really do have to discuss is revisit and talk about whether we're still interested, right, and still um, as passionate about our financial goals, or do we, uh, yeah. are we going to make any adjustments, right? And that's been really powerful for both of us. And you know, something else that we've adopted over the years, but these are more personal practices. Each of us um, writes, you know, our own personal goals every day. And so he has things that he's focusing on. It's not just about finances, whatever, personal, you know, physical goals and things like that. And so when you kind of doing that, right, you're sort of a little bit in isolation because you're focusing on you, right, and your own things you want to do. But if you have that conversation once a week, right, with your significant other, it helps you reset. And it's really, really doesn't take that much time. It's it's more about yeah. um, doing it consistent on consistent basis. And and the other part of the money date show, it's really because I love all kinds of financial planning topics, right, or money topics. I just thought that if I can remind every everyone to do these things, um, and I'm sort of like a broken clock, um, <laughs> but it it helps. I hope uh, because it helps me to be centered. And then I can just talk about a funny, you know, an interesting uh, topic for that, for that week. Um, hopefully that brings more value uh, to folks because we know that financial literacy isn't uh, at the top um, in this country. No. So we, <laughs> we need to work on that too. Yes. <laughs> we need all hands on deck for that one. That's right. Well, Anna, this has been so fantastic. So much great information. I'd love for you to tell listeners where they can find you, connect with you, and where they need to go if they want to sign up for the Money Roadmap Challenge. Totally. Well, Money Roadmap Challenge is moneyroadmapchallenge.com. Uh, the first one, the first round uh, starts September 2nd. So if you're interested to, uh, in doing it in September, sign up for that. I'm on social media. We have uh, Main Street Planning uh, Inc. A website on uh, or page on Facebook. And you can also find me on Instagram. And my handle is Anna, number eight, and my last name, Sergunina, S-E-R-G-U-N-I-N-A. Wow. I can just really relate to Anna's story. And I love that she admits to making all the money mistakes. You know, I'm honest with you, and I'm more than happy to admit that I have done the same and that most people have if they're going to be honest. That's why I just, I really believe in this idea of creating a money roadmap because you can't, you just can't go wrong. It's like if I was trying to drive from LA to New York and I didn't have GPS or I didn't have a roadmap, how in the world would I know where I'm going? I wouldn't. I might eventually get to New York, but it would take me twice as long, if not more. So the same thing with your money. You need to give it direction. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. If you love what you heard, please, please, please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review for the podcast. It's one of the best ways to show some love for us, and it's how we get more Millennial Money listeners to tune into the show. I'll see you back here on Tuesday for a new episode.